My grandpa has the coolest podcast. You gotta listen to it. Or else I'll punch you in the face. You know, if you're able to get inside my brain, you know, and hear <laughs> what my thoughts are, you would understand quickly that they fray in a bunch of different directions. Uh, professionally, I was a hockey player, and now I'm a coach. You know, so one would think that's kind of what I live and breathe, you know, but that's not actually the case. Though I love what I do, there's uh, so much outside of the game that I'm really passionate about. I'm a, I'm a bit of a music and guitar freak, and I love motorcycles and the arts. I even like history and geography through my travels. My podcast is about all of these things, and I speak with some really cool people about some really cool shit that I've met throughout my career. And yeah, you will probably hear the odd hockey story. <laughs> so join me inside my brain, man, and welcome to My Mommy Thoughts. Alright, well before we get going here, I should mention... Support for Motley Thoughts is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. And big news, Manscaped just launched in Canada. For those listeners in Canada, you can be one of the first Canadians to experience their life-changing products. You know, one of the coolest things, the other day when I was using the thing, I couldn't get over how quiet the thing was. I could barely hear it. It was unreal. And it, nothing worse than thinking that everybody in the whole house or the whole world knows you're shaving the junk. Anyways, <laughs> that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have the Lawnmower 4.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium, man. The battery lasts up to like 90 minutes so you can have a closer and longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show you're more off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience firsthand for yourself and trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DUSTY70 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. <laughs> All right. And back to our regular scheduled programming. Well, I got to say, I'm pretty excited for today's guest. Uh, it's been way too long since the two of us have actually talked. You know, we banter back and forth on social media and stuff, but it's not quite the same. Uh, and it is banter. He, he usually just is 
throwing shots at me and that's about it as far as our talk back and forth anyways so this is going to be pretty cool for me a little a little teaser about this guy he was drafted in 89 uh, in the first round by the Washington Capitals and went on to have an absolutely amazing career uh, we actually have our first Vesna winner on the podcast, which is too sweet. Uh, now he's an owner of a junior hockey team, a development coach with the Caps, and a huge advocate for autism. This man uh, is the genuine article. Uh, he really is. And I am honored and lucky to have him as a friend. It gives me great pleasure in welcoming uh, the awesomely psychotic goalie, Mr. Oli Kolzig. <laughs> Awesomely psychotic. I don't think I've ever been introduced like that. <laughs> How are you, buddy? It's been so long. It, Way too long. Yeah. You know, well, we stay in touch through, like I said, through social media, but it's not quite the same. But, you know, our lives, we go and do our thing. And But there's a few guys I have uh, that I've always said I've stayed uh, close with, even though we we're not close as far as you know doing everyday stuff, and that's yourself, Barnsey, and a couple others. And uh, it's really nice to have you on here. Thanks, Kyle. But you know what's so good about that is that I've got a few people like that as well, you included. And when we do get together, it's as if time never even. It passed. is. It, it you know, totally. we just we just connect right where we left off. Yeah. Have you talked to Barnsey lately? Oh, I talk to I talk to Barnsley probably every probably twice a week. Oh, cool. You know, obviously with the junior team, we, right, right. You know, the off season, we've had some decisions to make and things, and you know, with him working in Seattle, I just try to, you know, pick his pick his brain a little bit and see what uh, what direction that team's going in. And um, so, no, I've I've been uh, probably talked to him more this summer than any any other time. Are you a little more hands on than Barnsley, seeing as you're in try? Uh, I was this year. I was more um, just helping out with Kelly Buckberger. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't hire a full-time assistant coach. We brought in Doc no Don Knockbauer to help out. Um, mm -hmm. Kelly asked me to come in and work with the goalies. Uh, and, you know, trying to learn the business of junior hockey. Right. Um, I think at some point it'd be something I'd be very interested in doing. Um, right. And so... When the right time comes, then uh, I'll get a little more involved. But it was just good being around this year and, and seeing what it what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Barnes, he kind of stays on the outside of all that. Yeah, I think for the most most part, we both do, other than major decisions. Right. Um, you know, we don't like to be those type of owners that come in and think we know it all. Um, we let the the people that have been there the longest kind of, you know do their thing and uh, right. you know we give our two cents here and there but for the most part uh we kind of stay away cool cool speaking of try uh one of your boys there is heading to the final <laughs> yes he is well deserved it's crazy well deserved yeah right. but uh you know he has that ability um and for whatever reason he had a little bit of an off regular season but uh came together for him here in the playoffs and Crazy, and, uh, yeah. He can single handedly win a Stanley Cup for that team, yeah. No doubt. It, what is even more amazing to me is the fact of what you just brought up that his his regular season up until he when he got hurt was really right. not good at all. Like, he 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 looked didn't even look like himself. I was like concerned that you know, we all have moments where we were really lost as far as how we 
can't find ourselves. And he, he looked like he, he was in that stage and <laughs> it was almost like a blessing. He got hurt and he got refocused. He came back and he's just been on an absolute tear. Well, it just goes to show that even the best have their, their moments. I remember oh, for sure. three years ago, the same thing happened to Braden Holtby uh, right after the all-star game. Holtz was just, wasn't the same. Didn't play well. Um, Philip Grubauer actually became a starter and, and started the playoffs for us. I remember that. And um, we lost our first two games to Columbus and we turned back to Holtz and it was like uh, Holtz had a chip on his shoulder and just absolutely carried us to the Stanley Cup, up to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So like, you know, the same thing right now I see in, uh, in Kerry. Yeah. He, he looks definitely different. I, well, I watched especially the Toronto series because Soupy was on the other side. And uh, so I'm obviously rooting for soup and whatnot, but I, and, and trust me, Soupy played a great series as well. I thought he um, played really well. Yeah. yeah. And um, I could just see though, you know, in, in Carrie's eyes and just, it was going to be a tough, uh, a tough road right from the get go. It was a, it was a fun series to watch. And and then now I've kind of really kind of hunkered down on watching Carrie a lot more. And it, you could just tell that it's going to be a tough, it's everyone thinks that Montreal wasn't even in the, in the cards at all, but uh, they're playing a playoff type hockey as well. Like it's not just Carrie. <laughs> No, and there was a lot of optimism with that team going into the regular season. It wasn't yeah. like they just came out of nowhere. I think right. they just they underachieved right. during the regular season, and now everything's coming together. And I think the problem Tampa's going to have is that um, they've got a little, they've got to deal with a little bit more offense for Montreal. You know, where where the Islanders re- re- relied more on tight defensive yeah. uh, play, and 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 Marlamov played great. But you've got an equal, if not better, goalie now in Carey Price, and you've got a team that can put the puck in the net. So, yeah. Um, but having said that, you know Montreal is going up against Vasilevsky, who's yeah. every bit as as good as Carey right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's nice to find. You know, it doesn't always happen where you have the matchup of the two top goalies, uh, and you finally get to see something like this, which is pretty cool. You know, yeah. you get hot goalies, and 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 usually the fine goalies in the finals are playing the best. Like they're, they're that's the reason they're there. But it's ne- it's neat to see the the goalie everyone thinks is you know Carey Price is in, in the last generation the best goalie, and the new best goalie uh, for goaltending uh, uh, lovers. It's a it's a great final for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, Vasilevsky's a fun guy to watch. He's got a a little bit of everything for me. I, I really enjoy watching him, but it's two cool uh, styles that it, it, if you're a goalie guy, it's, it's definitely the series to watch for sure. Yep. Um, I, before we get going here, I, for the listeners, uh, we just jumped right in and we're talking, we're good buddies and nobody really knows <laughs> why. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, Oli and I go, uh, right back to our first years in junior hockey. Uh, in particular, the new Westminster Bruins uh, are both our first years in the WHL. Uh, and uh, I got a really shitty memory, but like I, I, as I was thinking about doing this podcast, a lot of things kept coming up and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this, I remember that. So 
that year, my rookie year in New West, you started the year in the BC Hockey League, if I'm not mistaken. In Abbotsford. In Abbotsford, yep. right. And then in the latter part of the year, you came up and then into the playoffs. And, uh, and but right from the beginning in camp, we we became friends. And, and I don't know, there's this connection. I thought you're, it was just, I was usually the odd, you know, Japanese small guy, half Japanese guy, but then there's you, this South African German tall, like it, it was just everyone was like, "Who is this guy?" So it really kind of took the focus off of me a lot. So it was pretty cool. Well, the thing is, I came, I came, I think I played in Nova Scotia the year before, right? So I, I didn't right. play, I didn't play in the Alberta Junior League or the, uh, right. you know, BC junior leaguer in that in the in midget growing up there so everybody was like who's this guy right yeah and um yeah with my background uh german who was born in south africa has grown up in canada um yeah it was a little bit of the oddball yeah you know, so. it, it was pretty funny and i remember uh in camp uh, i was just in awe how big you were but especially for back then you know there weren't nearly as many guys that big and you had this black gear that was so, so small compared to you. And it, it, it was, uh, it, it's, it's just a vivid memory uh, of our introduction together. So anyways, we, we end up playing together. And uh, like I said, you, you get called up. And uh, at the time I was supposed to be the guy, you know, the, the, the up and comer guy and you come in there and uh we have this coach. Uh, <laughs> we have this coach that uh, likes uh, fighting. He, he <laughs> I'll just say it like that. He likes, anyways, Oli comes up and I don't know what, where it was, but I think it was Victoria and you play a game uh, and you grab, I think it's Lenny Berry and beat the shit out of him. And that was the end of me. I was, I was certain, I was, I was certain that was the end of me after that. Cause uh, the coach, I could just tell it was like love at first sight. You were it. And that was it. I was done. <laughs> but you know what the ironic thing is the first time I got called up, and I don't know if you remember this. Um, I had to go back to Abbotsford to get my equipment and I picked up my gear. I came back, hopped on the bus the next morning to go to Spokane eight hour drive from New West to Spokane. Yeah. We get there. It was my first, first Western League game and my skates weren't in my bag. <laughs> I, I thought I was, you don't remember that? No. My trainer in Abbotsford had taken the skates to go get sharpened and forgot to put them in my bag. No. I mean, ultimately it's my fault for not checking my bag, but, um, and with our coach at the time, you know, pretty intense guy, I thought, oh, there goes my chance. I'm never going to play again. Yeah. And, uh, so fortunately <laughs> I got, I got put in again, but, um, yeah, that was uh, that was a different time. That was a different time. He couldn't he could care less if you stopped the puck, but if you if you took a couple minors or got in a fight in a game, he loved you. Well, uh, this could be one of the best stories, junior stories. Like I and I have a bunch, but this is a this is one for the ages. We're in training camp. I think it was training camp. It was early because you were still there, so we're together, and uh, we're in the dressing room, and. He's having the players spar with boxing gloves. And like 
full on and he's like getting mad at guys and he actually gets in there the coach and he's like taking shots <laughs> like hit me and he's telling the guys to you know he's like getting right in there and i'm like this guy's fucking psycho and then he's like holy dusty <laughs> what <laughs> i'm like are you fuck are you insane he's like you're part of the team and he's so Oli and I we're, we have to spar. I figure that one out. <laughs> Two goalies, one six three, the other guy's five ten. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on here? This is my first year junior. Like I've heard stories about the Western League, but I thought this is nuts. And then we had the heavy bag conditioning. <laughs> and we were doing sit-ups with the medicine ball getting thrown on our gut. I mean, training back then was it was absolutely out of, out of hand. Crazy. It was out of hand. And like, it was bad back in that day, generally, but he was on another level. <laughs> you remember really... he would, he would take over halfway, like uh, our radio guy drove the bus and then uh, halfway through the trip, he would hop in the driver's seat and drive the bus. I don't think that's legal nowadays. No, <laughs> no. He actually, uh, he had to pick up the boys at the, at the cop station. <laughs> In in the in the in the van. <laughs> was that when? Uh, yeah, they were all out yeah. late night, and uh, yeah, there was another night where the guys went to the Canucks game. They yeah. got pretty banged up, and he heard about it, and yeah, he's, he had an he, impromptu morning skate. Uh, yeah, yeah, he had a few of those uh, that were like literally out of the movies. Like yeah. get back at three in the morning, turn the lights on, couple lights, Gear just on. a couple. Put your gear on and push nets like soaking that, wet gear yeah yeah he was yeah. he was a different cat it was an sure. interesting time it was for sure so anyways then Oli, we uh we know i guess the team is moving to tri-cities right the next year and uh i forget how this story actually goes down but we're in tri-cities and i think the rink's not quite done yet so we're we're doing exhibition season in Chilliwack and shit like that. But we're up in Tri-Cities and, and uh, uh, I think we're going to an exhibition game. Uh, <laughs> teams on the bus. And, uh, and this is another one that's it's seared in my brain. Uh, guy comes on the bus and he's like, Dusty, John, John wants to talk to you. And that John Oliver was the general manager at the time. And everybody's like, ooh, traded. Everybody's joking and shit. Get off the bus, walk in. And it's there's portables. So like they hadn't even done offices and stuff. So I walk into the portable and John's in there. And this is, like I said, seared in my brain because this is the first time I'll... I'll uh, let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> I get traded. So he sits me down. He's like, Dusty. And you know, I'm a 17 year old kid. And he's like, uh, we made a deal, uh, unfortunately, uh, but for you, but we're, 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 we've traded you to, <laughs> to Leftbridge. And at the time, like Leftbridge to me could have been like North pole. Like <laughs> I, I was absolutely devastated devastated and i they were like so do you want to go back on the bus because we were driving back to the lower mainland to play an exhibition game and i'm like 
No, I'm good. So I, I think I drove with Jerry Johansson back to my house. He dropped me off at my house. You guys went off to play. I packed my shit and I was off to Leftridge. It was like those kinds of things as a kid, that's not to take that stuff. That was tough. <laughs> oh, man, I can't. Be the first time being traded at that age. You know what I mean? That's, well, hey, couldn't they have done that while we were in Chilliwack? <laughs> You had to come all the way down to Tri Cities for a few days, and then exactly yeah. that I know was... that went on for years uh, in my head as to how that went down. Because I literally, I we we drove me and Jerry uh, drove by the bus, <laughs> like a couple of groupies. <laughs> I felt so low. I was like, oh, oh. But yeah, that was a. You ended up you ended up playing great in uh, in Lethbridge. You and Noodles. <laughs> noodles he's another like he was one of those guys actually that i've stayed close with and uh it's so funny he's he's right where he should be right now (laughs) in front of the camera he's perfect for that Mm -hmm. hey i want to ask you um the family uh every i'm looking on your insta and you're you're one of your daughters she's you checking out colleges and I'm like, holy shit, time flies. She's going, she's going to Texas Christian University in uh, in August. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We just had her grad party the other day and uh uh it's kind of been a it's kind of been an emotional week. Not for me, not so much for me yet, because I got to August before I'll I'll start getting emotional. But um, you know, for her, she's got this grad party and then uh her uh, her boyfriend is actually from just outside of Red Deer. He came down here to play baseball at uh, community college. Okay. And uh, he just left this morning to head back home for a couple months. And um, she's going to school in August, so they don't know when they're going to connect again. But anyway, um, it's it's unbelievable. My son Carson's going to be 21 in January, and then Ashlyn, my mm-hmm. youngest, is going to be a senior in high school next year. So then we got to do this whole thing again next year. So it's <laughs> We'll be empty nesters here pretty soon. That's it's unbelievable. Carson's 21. He'll be 21, yeah, in January. That's nuts, man. Yeah. He yeah, looks so like he's doing uh, well. He's doing really well. He's, uh, you know, we, we've we've been homeschooling him here for the last few years, and he's probably about three months away from graduating. Oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, our next, our next part of the journey is to try to find him some some work, you know, he wants to, you know, he wants to feel like he has purpose and, um, uh, he definitely knows the value of a dollar. Um, so good for no, him. he's doing, he's doing really good. He's good for really him. Good. Well, yeah. since, some, since some of the people might not know, uh, um, Carson, uh, has a form of autism and, uh, the, you have, you, you are, you guys as a family have been a huge, uh, part, uh, in, with the Carson Colzig Foundation and 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 whatnot, can you uh, fill us in a little bit about that for the people that don't know? Yeah, so Carson uh, Carson was diagnosed with uh, uh, pervasive developmental disorder, which at the time was a form of autism. Since okay. since then, they've gotten rid of that diagnosis, PDD, um, and just called it a form of autism. Okay. Um, and so, obviously, at that point, you know, we're 
the only thing we knew about autism then, uh, you know, you watch a movie like Rain Man or right, right. Um, we, we really didn't know what our world was going to be like. And, and unfortunately, um, our mutual friend, Stu Barnes uh, uh, and, and Byron Defoe were really good friends with Scott Mellonby, mm-hmm. whose son Carter had a, has autism and, and Stu known about it. And so he put me in touch with, with Scotty and, and Scotty kind of filled me in, gave me the basically the you know, didn't sugarcoat it, said it's going to be a tough road, but here's what to expect and kind of guided me a little bit. And and then so we were fortunate that happened because we got Carson early intervention, which for people that don't know, the first five years are the most vital for brain development. And mm-hmm. with autism, you can you can sort of retrain the brain. It, it doesn't it doesn't cure what they have, but it makes their way of life a little bit better. So uh, we were able to get to do that. And, and kind of redirect Carson's uh, way of life. Um, and then once we got the situation s- stabilized with him, you know, my wife and I sat back and said, what can we do to make the road easier for, for people down, you know, in the future that, that have children that get diagnosed with autism? Um, you know, families that, that, that have autistic children, there's 80% chance of, that they end up in divorce. It's uh, it's 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 an emotional strain, it's a mental strain, it's a financial strain, um, and so as a as a family, we wanted to try to make try to make that road a little bit easier and help them out, and so we we started the Carson Kolzik Foundation here in Tri Cities, and and uh, initially we started out by um, directing directing families to uh, you know certain people that we knew. Uh, dealt with with autism, whether it's pediatricians or um, uh, developmental uh, therapists. But then we got involved um, uh, with Christy Lundgren here in town, and you know, you came to my yeah. you came to my golf tournament here. And so, shortly after that, we established the um, uh, the autism center here, and we finally had a building that we could direct everybody to. They could go there. They could get their child evaluated. Um, based on the evaluation, they they would be sent out to various people to get whether it's more therapy, whether it's more evaluation. It just made the process a lot easier for parents because what we found out was um, that getting the initial diagnosis is, is half the nightmare. The second half is trying to figure out what to do for your for your child because there's you get on the internet and there is just everything under the sun that you can do. Yeah. But not everything works for each child. It's a combination of certain things that works for each different child. And so we had to find that combination and we just wanted to try to make it easier for other families so that they didn't have to go through that nightmare. And, uh, um, and so it's, it's, it's been, it's been great to see. And now, now we're on the second part where those, the, the, the families that went with their children to the autism center, now those children are young adults, like my like Carson. And right. so now they've established uh, job placement training. So oh, they help okay. they help train these kids and they're they're, they're able to be put in into uh, into jobs every day in the everyday world and be able to cope and, and deal with interactions with people and and so it's been it's been tremendously, tremendously satisfying and successful. That's that's amazing. And what's really cool is is 
not only you're helping all these other people and stuff, but you're witnessing your own and, and the, the progress and development of Carson himself. And that's, that's awesome, man. It's really cool. It is really cool. When I saw, I hadn't seen in a while, uh, a picture of the family and, uh, your wife posted something, but then I saw Carson and I was like, Holy shit. Like there was of the family and everybody like, <laughs> was he's, like he's just about my height. Yeah, was, he's almost six three. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it, so, it it's so cool. It's so cool that he's uh, he's come so far, so so far. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, buddy. Right on. Um, thanks for always coming to those years and supporting the event too. What's that? Thanks for always coming oh, those years and supporting yeah. the oh, event. Are you kidding me? It, like some good times. It it really was. It really. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was kind of funny because I, I I talked about uh, it a few times to to friends about how there were so many goalies, <laughs> and it wasn't by design or anything, but it was like a freaking goalie union reunion every time. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. We had Hershey, Corey Hirsch, yeah. Terry, Byron, you, and myself. Uh, Billy Ranford came down one year. Uh, Tyler Wyman. Tyler Wyman. Pickard. Yeah, Chet was here. <laughs> My God. There's a bunch of goalies, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Might have to. I might have to fire that event back up <laughs> on a on a slightly toned down level. <laughs> yeah it would do, well you know it's kind of weird because i i haven't drank for 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 a long time now but uh back in the day <laughs> i used to leave that place like i loved going but when i left like it was like a it took a lot out of me like every time i left there i felt like a, a year too older <laughs> it's almost like going to vegas for three days right and then, minus the gambling. And that golf the golf itself, like it was so hot, so hot down there. And and you're drinking and the heat, and it's like you had come back literally on another planet. Like it was insane. Well, and then we would always stay later because we'd always have the fireside <laughs> chats and bring up the old stories and right. It was so good. And you were like so a good. big wine connoisseur, like well. Like all oh, those and those big <laughs> bottles of wine that they'd make. Oh, oh excuse me. The, <laughs> it, it was good times, though. Good times. Yeah. Um, uh, what what else I was going to ask you? Oh, I wanted to bring up this the the story of us. Um, because I wrote it down here because this one was cool to me, and I we hadn't talked about it in a long time. Uh. For goalie people might think it's pretty cool at the end of our careers um the, the latter part of our careers the game was changing okay and uh we're learning the new stuff and, and whatnot and, and you and i <clears throat> come from a different era so we play in the 80s the 90s and we're in the 2000s we're at the tail end of our career and Oli calls me up and says uh I got a guy, uh, a couple coaches, and they're going to teach us some of the new shit. You want to come out? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't know. Okay. So it's um, a local guy here, uh, Ron V, and, uh, and Billy Ranford, right when Billy was first getting started coaching. 
So Billy's wanting to learn the new stuff, techniques and whatnot from coach and help teach it, et cetera. And Oli and I are going to be these guinea pigs. Oh, and Klooch, right? Yeah. Klooch. Yeah. Klooch. So, yeah. but this is the funny thing, the story, because Klooch already knew all this shit, all this new stuff, but Oli and I didn't. And uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> It really well, was. I remember, I remember I used I used that to get ready for training camp as well. I came up a couple of weeks, I think, went up for one week, went home for the weekend, came back up the second week. And I mean, learning that news, I was like, this is, <laughs> I know this is going to be the end of my career right now. There's no way, no way I can do this. <laughs> I just had one hip done. I didn't have any flexibility in that. And it, oh, my God, the reverse VH, the, oh, uh, it was... It yeah, was funny. I, I, I wish, I wish we had video and video. Of, oh. of, and but no, but the whole thing, the talking and stuff, because our you you had a really bad temper, and uh, well, I did as well. But yours was like it, it'd be hilarious because you were getting so fucking mad because <laughs> they were telling you to to bend this way and that way, and you're like, it doesn't go that way. <laughs> Well, it didn't. I mean, geez, I think I played already 15 years. I had so much scar tissue in my knees and my hips. So there's no way it was going to work. I thought it was uh, so funny. And I remember thinking too, I was like, okay, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, either I figure this out or we are done. Like, because it was getting, the, and I was watching Kluch do it. And I was like, it was really pissing me off. Because he was just flying around on his yeah. knee, you know, just pushing, and oh, it it was it was a great uh, memory though for me, <laughs> because, yeah. Because it really the transition and me being a coach and stuff, because I. But it, it it definitely helped with post hockey, right, and then teaching the kids, because then at least we knew mm -hmm. what it was about, even though me physically couldn't do it. Right. Um, at least we understood the process and the philosophy behind it. Totally, totally. And, yeah. and it, but it's really cool too, because the evolution of the position and that we played in those, those different, like in the eighties, the nineties. And if you look back at our stuff, as we go along, it, it totally changes and how yeah. we look and how we played and what. Sure. So it, it was really neat. That story for me, because it was a real pivotal time in the game we were just kind of a bit of, at the brunt of the change but yeah because for us it was adapt or die and shortly yeah. after that we died <laughs> uh, no doubt but not not to not but this is one thing i've always thought and I, I i think at least back then our generation we played more instinctive hockey maybe didn't look great but yeah. and i think they're a little there has to be a nice, a nice balance of, of, of technique and instinct. And I think right now guys play a little bit too technical. You know what I mean? Like I totally agree. they look great and moving around, but they don't try to do everything they can to stop the puck. They try to get there in a nice technical package. And if, if they're too late on it, that goes in. Oh, well, we're back in the day, we would be, you know, soccer goalie diving and you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I, I, I a nice, totally that balance. It's a tough, yeah. it's a tough thing to, 
especially because everyone is so coached like right from a young age now by the time they get to us to me uh it sometimes is almost like you got to peel away the onion a little bit <laughs> because uh they they don't have that instinct anymore because they've all they've done is these drills and i'll tell you what they're amazing these guys and their at- athleticism and oh it's off the charts it's it's insane but they've they have lost along the way because they are so so well coached uh this ability to sometimes let your instinct take over and uh i i really really in my coaching anyways um i learn all this stuff i know this stuff and and i can help uh work on your technical package but for me uh the intangible that what's going to make that goalie great i think and or if you can find a guy that has that without having to to reteach it is that right. it cuz yeah. it's not a there it's that's the thing that you can't find now whereas before it was like the one great goalie that, like everybody's good now <laughs> yeah as far as but i, I think but the two guys that are playing in the finals now i think have that right totally they have that nice balance totally and in in their own way like they're yep. they're totally different but they do have that you uh, everyone would say that carry is the technical package right like as far as technical and would get criticized when he was younger for being too nonchalant or too technical but you saw some of these saves this year as in the playoffs especially here like outside the box saves like like crazy stuff and that you you have to you have to keep that in your game i believe to be an elite guy for Um, sure yeah it it balances the key word i think he used Uh, i think as far as you know speaking of coaching um we were talking before the pod you know your your role um you started earlier on as the actual just the goalie coach Mm-hmm. And kind of it's it's morphed itself into something different uh tell me what what's going on now so initially yeah i became uh, i was associate goalie coach in washington and then when dave dave prior left i i became a goalie coach and um it was right around that that same it's almost that same transitional period where you know back in the day goalie coaches would come in for a week mm-hmm. work with the guys and then either head home or go watch the junior kids or, right. or whatever. They weren't required to be there full time. And, and, and so when I took this role, you know, I was expecting to go back to Florida to be with my family, you know, two right. weeks a month. And, but it morphed into a full-time gig and my kids were still, you know, fairly young. Right. And um, so at the end of the season, I, uh, you know, I, I went and talked with uh, Brian McClellan about maybe, you know, a new role in the organization where, you know, I could set my own schedule and, and still have an impact on, on players. And, um, I came up with this idea of, you know, we need, you know, when, when guys come up from junior or from Europe or from college hockey for that matter, they're all of a sudden just thrown into, you know, you're on your own taking care of yourself. Um, you've got so much more time on your hands. You've got a lot more money to deal with. Um, 
there's the pressure of performing on the ice and taking care of stuff away from the rink, whether, you know, whether it's your, your rent, your, whatever it is. So I, I pitched the idea about being a, um, a development coach, but uh, teaching these kids how to be pros, how to take care of stuff off the ice so that your on ice performance um, is all you need to worry about. And uh, it's, I mean, it's morphed into a little bit more now, but um, so basically I'm a a mentor to these kids, teaching them how to be pros. Um, You know, sometimes these kids don't have, they have some issues come up that they don't feel comfortable talking to the coach about or talking to the GM about. And so I try to tell them I'm not, I'm not on the coaching side. I'm not the managerial side. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of there for them. So if they, Mm -hmm. and you know how it is, you're, you're, you're a big uh, proponent of building trust with your player because you feel like you get the most out of them, right? They, They can come to you. They trust what you say. They can come to you and say something that they don't normally wouldn't say to a coach. Well, that's right. kind of how I try to try to work with my guys. And, and and so if there is something, whether it's they get their girlfriend pregnant or, you know, something's happening at home, they're homesick, whatever it is, they can feel like they can come to me and it's not going to go any further. Right. Other than unless it's something that can be detrimental to the organization. And, right. you know, I let them know that, that I need to let the management management know. But um, and so by doing that, um, you get you get these kids to talk a lot more about stuff away from the rink, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the little things that they're that they're struggling with that uh, you know that that has a direct effect of what they do on the ice. And so, if you can talk to them and try to, if I don't have the answers, I'll try to get the I'll try to get help for you or try to get the answer for you so that you know they get peace of mind quicker and are able to just put it away and then just you know be able to perform on the ice. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I've, what I've been doing here the last five, six years. Um, and I also, I still work with the goalies. So we have, we have our associate goalie coach, uh, Alex Wesson, who's in Hershey. And, uh, you know, he has to go to South Carolina to work with the guys there every once in a while. So when he does that and I'm in, then I'll, you know, I'll go on the ice and I'll work with the goalies while he's out of town. So, um, it's been a nice, uh, it's been a nice change for me. Not only, and then the great thing is, you know, I get to, I get to deal with, as opposed to just the two guys and the goalies, I get to deal with all our prospects. So whether that's, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys on the team, I've got a little bit more of an impact. And right, um, yeah. and uh, and it's good. And it still allows me to come home and, and be with my family because now, you know, I've only got a few, you know, a few months left with one daughter, and then my other daughter's leaving next year. And and so um, I think maybe once they're off to college, then you know, maybe I'll change my role. And that's what we talked about, maybe getting back in into the junior part of it, but, um, no, I really enjoy it. And especially when we went to the, when we won the cup three years ago, you know, mm-hmm. I had six guys that the year before I directly dealt with in Hershey and they had a, they had a significant part in, in, oh. in winning the cup. So that, that to me is, is, is the satisfaction and, and, uh, what makes, uh, what makes us, what we do feel, you know, you feel really good when you have an impact on players yeah. and then they have success. That's well. That's the best for for me. It's the best part about for it. Sure. Um, and and not the when you see that they get the five million dollar contract, which is great. Uh, but it's uh, when you see that they're really fulfilled and and happy uh, in their lives, and that you've made an impact in their lives. Like not 
in their wallet. <laughs> like it's right. great. Like you help them financially in their business and whatnot, but when they walk away a better person and, and, uh, and that you can kind of let them go and do their thing now and you feel comfortable. It's a real, really gratifying. So it sounds very similar in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's no different. Like you said, you, you are right. It's exactly how I do things. Uh, you know, we, we translate stuff onto the ice and we coach and we do all that. But for me, the, the nuts and bolts of it at all is what you just talked about. So I think that's a, that's pretty cool that uh, I got a little more insight as to exactly what you're doing now. Uh, I didn't, I kind of knew well, that you were doing some development stuff, but I didn't know to what, how, how you were working it. Cause I knew you were not there full time and whatnot. And it is really neat that it's kind of has a correlation to how I do things and, and whatnot. And, uh, probably a great way to end uh ended on that um i i'm you know i had a bunch of guys uh, and I, I love all the guests and stuff but i really uh like i when i had noodles on it was a real a good feeling because we hadn't talked in a while and I, this one for me too is very much the same and I, i'm so happy uh that you agreed to come on Oh, of course. I was like, when I saw you first, uh, you, you were first doing this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the call from Dusty here next week and I'll be on Molly Potts. And then I'm looking at, okay, that's guest number 25. Okay. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. <laughs> but I was actually, I was really looking forward to coming on just for what you said. Like, it's been so long since we caught up and, uh, and you know, obviously I don't look at this as an interview. It's more of a catching up session yeah. and, uh, and then just, you know, remembering some good times. So it was, uh, I was glad to be, be able to come on, buddy. Right on. Hey, hey, make sure you you give uh, hugs and, and everything to the whole family. Uh, it's been so many years since we've actually seen each other. And all the best to them. And again, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. No problem. You're my best, Rhonda. Cool. Okay, pal. I want to thank Oli for joining me and sharing some old stories. Like I said before, you know, there are a few people in my life that have stayed close with, even though our lives aren't so aligned anymore. And he's definitely one of these people. Oli has been there uh, for me through some pretty tough times and uh, I'm forever grateful for our friendship. You know, I truly am. So on that note, I want to wish everyone a great week. Crack a cold one for me. (laughs) Sit back and enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup Finals. And remember what I always say. Stay safe, stay connected, and God bless. Peace.